Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. Okay, moms, registration is now open for Buy the Brook 2022. Now, if you don't know about Buy the Brook, it is a weekend event that we have designed just for moms of kids with special needs. And we have moms from all around the world who join us each year for a time of encouragement and hope to help you on your journey as you raise your child with special needs. Now this year we're going to be virtual again so you can join us from the comfort of your own home or you may want to get together with a group of friends to join in. And also this year we have different host sites all around the country. So when you register, you'll be able to see if there is a location in an area near you. And we have so many great things planned for this year. And you can find out more information on the Rising Above website and on our app. So be sure to go check that out, moms. You don't want to miss out on By the Brook this year. My guest today is Madison Keene. And Madison lives in South Carolina with her husband, Kevin, and their four-year-old son, Valor, who in the words of his mom, is smart, kind, loving, and he also happens to be diagnosed with autism. Madison has been part of the Rising Above family for the past two years since her son's diagnosis. And we had such a sweet conversation. And I know that you're going to just enjoy getting to hear part of her journey so far as a special needs mom. Hey, Madison, thank you so much for joining me today for the podcast. I am excited to have this conversation and to get to know you even better. So thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, you and I met here on about a month ago, I guess, um, when you joined in the Wednesday community group that I lead through Rising Above. And I just fell in love with you in those first few meetings and wanted you to get to share your story. So I'm glad you got to do that and that you're here with us today. Oh, the community groups have been so great. We've been going through that study on hope, which has just been perfect for this season in my life. And and also getting to make some new friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, outside of my immediate area has just been so great. So. Yeah. so in that group, it's kind of neat because not only are people from all around the world, literally, but we also have different ages represented from adults all the way down to littles. And you are a mom who you, your son is what, four? He's four. He's yep. four. So tell us just a little bit about your family and a little bit about Valor. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am married to my husband, Kevin. We've been married almost nine years now, which feels like a long time. That's great. um, Yeah. Yeah. So we are in Lexington, South Carolina. My husband's from New Jersey. I'm from San Diego. So we have been in South Carolina, um, you know, our whole marriage, which has been great. But we're, you know, it's just the three of us, Mm. me and Kevin, and then our four-year-old son, Valor. Yeah. So Valor is super smart, super kind, super funny. Um, and about two years ago, we found out that he is also autistic. So, so you got uh, the that's diagnosis. When I started. Yeah. Started that, that journey. Well, what did you start noticing that led you to um, the diagnosis of autism? You know, there are some things I remember really early on. Um, I think maybe my first thing that kind of tipped me off was, um, I have videos of Valor at maybe five months old, four or five months old, 
um, he would take his socks off the little tiny baby socks Mm -hmm. and he would hold it in one hand and use his other hand to flap the sock in front of his eyes. Mm -hmm. And that was his favorite activity. And being a young new mom, um, I just thought it was the funniest thing. I said, Oh, how cute. Like that, what a cute thing for him. And um, didn't give it much thought. But then once we got into, you know, when Valor was about a year old, we noticed um, that he still didn't have any language. Um, you know, I think I had gotten maybe one or two mamas and dadas out of him. Um, but other than that, we really didn't have any language and that was concerning. Mm-hmm. But But he was very vocal. So he was singing a lot. He would hum. He would, you know... Um, he was really drawn to music early on, which has always been a blessing for Mm -hmm. us and for our family. Kevin and I met uh, leading worship at our church. So, you know, the fact that Valor was always drawn to music was close to our heart, Um, but we were missing that language component. And at about a year old, I enrolled Valor into um, like a mom's morning out just for, you know, one or two mornings a week. And it was really seeing him in those social settings Mm. that really tipped me off that maybe we were dealing with something more than just, you know, my pediatrician at that point had said, you know, boys develop slower and just wait and I'm sure it's coming. And he's so vocal and he looks at me when he's here at the doctor's appointments. So he has eye contact. So maybe just wait, you know, and, and that really didn't sit well with me after I kind of saw him in social situations Mm. where he was retreating from the other kids, wasn't engaging, um, was having a really hard time transitioning, you know, from one activity to the other, didn't want to play with toys. Um, and so all those things combined led me and Kevin to say, you know, maybe we should, um, call someone. And, Mm -hmm. and so we spoke to, um, the teacher at that mom's morning out, and she said, yeah, we were kind of thinking about chatting with you anyways. Wow. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so at that point, she gave us some, some really great resources. And we called our state's early intervention program. And they came out and did an assessment. And at that assessment, um, I think if the, if the highest score, quote unquote, you know, towards your child being at risk for autism was 10, Valor was at a 10. (laughs) So, um, so at that point, I think that's when we really started processing that this was Mm -hmm. probably our future. Um, it was also what we were currently going through, but it was, you know, when we really started thinking Mm -hmm. through, okay, what is this going to look like long-term? And so we were placed on a waiting list, um, to get an assessment, you know, for an official medical diagnosis, um, which didn't take too long. We were really fortunate in that. And uh, yeah, we were off to the races after that. Yeah. Well, you know, those early days are often so hard when we're trying to just grasp with the reality of a diagnosis. And, you know, what do you remember about maybe even the day that the doctor, you got that official diagnosis? What do you remember about that day? And what were the emotions going through your mind when you finally hear those words, you know, that that's, that's what you're actually dealing with? How, how did you handle all that? as a young mom? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. It, it was, and I think might forever be one of the hardest seasons that we've Mm -hmm. walked through both me and Kevin. Um, it, it was unexpected. It was new territory and, and nobody prepares you for that. I don't, 
Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone mentioning, you know, you know, in the back of your mind, obviously there's, there's possibilities for differences in our children, but, um, it just wasn't something I had wrapped my head around. Um, but for us, I think that that moment really came when he was seen by early intervention more so than his diagnosis state, um, mm-hmm. and the official assessment because no one had said the word autism to me before that day. Um, And so seeing that he had scored the way he had scored, seeing how the assessment went, which the assessment was just, it was painful because it's, Mm -hmm. it's basically someone sitting there asking your child to do things that you know that your child is unable to do. And then they sit there and and half of the assessment is a questionnaire with the parents and Kevin had to be at work. So it was just me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just sitting there with a stranger And she's asking me, does your son do this? Does he do this? Does he do this? And my answer was continually no. And what mother wants to say that? Because I think the world of my child. Mm. And why didn't you ask about whether or not he can sing, you know, his favorite theme song from VeggieTales? Like he can do that, you know, and and yet that's not on the assessment. So so that was a really heartbreaking day for us Mm. um, because it really felt like, is this the lens that the world is going to see my son through? Because this isn't the lens I have. Um, When did the focus shift, you know, from how amazing he is to, to things that he's needing to catch up on, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, it was overnight, you know, for us. And so Kevin and I often talk about um, the day that we decided to call the early intervention program because we had both been thinking that we needed to call them mm-hmm. um, for probably six months and never said anything to each other. Um, neither one of us wanted to be the first one. Neither one of us wanted to raise a red flag if if he caught up, you know, mm-hmm. God forbid, you know, that one of us thought something was off and it turned out it wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, so we, we didn't say anything. So then when we... Um, we had just taken Valor to the pumpkin patch and that was just a disaster. Um, <laughs> there was a thousand yeah. kids there. It was loud. It was a new place, new sounds, new smells, new everything. And so Valor had fallen asleep on the car, in the car on the way home. And Kevin and I pulled over at this park that we go to and we're just waiting out the nap. You know how it is mm-hmm. when they're little. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to move them to the crib. Don't want to wake. Do not <laughs> wake the sleeping child ever. Right. Yeah. Right. So we were just sitting in the car and, um, and Kevin brought it up and he said, you know, did you see how he was grabbing the corn kernels that were meant for playing, you know, mm-hmm. and making like little structures or whatever at the corn maze? He said, did you notice how he took the corn kernels and lifted them in his hand and, and let them fall in front of his eyes. Mm. Did you notice how that's what he did for like 20 minutes? Is that, do other kids do that? I didn't see any other kids doing that. Mm. Yeah. And I felt this sigh of relief because what I had been feeling for six months, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I wasn't alone in it. Yeah. Um, and so I really feel like that was the day that it hit us. Um, And the permanence of the situation Mm -hmm. came over the next few weeks, you know, and, and realizing that this is our son. And so for us, 
the reality hit us that the life that we had pictured is not the life that God has called us to. Mm. And it, it was almost an out-of-body experience, um, not to be dramatic, but it really was. It was like, yeah. is this my life? Is mm-hmm. this, is this what we're doing now? Um, right. And, and it's okay. Cause I love my kid and he's awesome. And he has not changed one bit. Mm-hmm. And yet our whole world has shifted yeah. overnight. And yeah. so coming to grips with letting go of the life that we pictured and truly mm-hmm. embracing the life that God yeah. has specifically called us to, that's been the journey over the past mm-hmm. two years since that day. And I feel like it will be forever for us. Yeah. And and because it's always going to be changing and things will always be happening and there'll be those new milestones and those new, new things that, that come along that, again, you're grieving, you're gr- going through that grief process of, of things that your child is not able to do. And, you know, I remember so early on those assessments, like what you were talking about, it's like, no, my son can't do what you're asking, but you're not asking what he really can do. And that's what I see. I see all these awesome things that he smiles all the time, even when he doesn't feel good, or he's, you know, all the beautiful things about our child, our children. And so, you know, when people see your sweet valor, what do you want them to see? Mm, I want them to see joy because Mm. that's what I see. Um, I see a true bundle of joy. He is so excited about life, excited to be here, excited to participate, excited um, by the world around him. I want them to see a child who is fully loved and a child who is growing and learning. And um, yeah, I just think that if people could see immediately how loving he is Mm -hmm. and how much he embraces the world around him, even when it's scary, you know, for him, I think about it all the time. You know, there was Valor does have some language. Now he's still functionally uh, Mm nonverbal, but he does have some language. He's working with an AAC device, um, which has been fantastic. So his world has expanded greatly over the past two years, but um, he's constantly just reaching out, wanting to learn. And so so even when the world is scary and even when, you know, there's a lot of sensory things going on, he, you can see it in his eyes. He wants to understand, he wants to participate, he wants to learn. And um, I think if people see how amazing he is, it might be easier for the world to adapt and say, mm-hmm. oh yes, let's find a way yeah. to include this amazing child. Yeah. Well, what are some of the things that you would say he's taught you just even over his four short years of life? that maybe you as a mom would have never learned had it not been for your experience of being his mom? You know, it's a verse that I feel like the Lord gave to us probably last year. Um, And it's in Isaiah 45 and it says, and I will give you the treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. And I do this so that you may know that I am the Lord God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And I think about that constantly because there are so many hidden treasures in Mm. the special needs parent life. There are things that I have celebrated in Valor's life that I would have glossed over had he been typical, you know, and and I know, you know, that, so, (laughs) you know, but I think, I think back, you know, feeding for us has been a challenge and Mm. continues to be. And 
um, you know, Valor, I can count on both my hands, the foods that he eats. Um, (laughs) and a lot of that is sensory, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and so we're working through those things, but man, if I can't tell you the like football, you know, touchdown dance I did when he ate a strawberry for the first time, like, (laughs) you know, it's the, it's those little things. And so there are so many treasures hidden in what Mm -hmm. felt like darkness just a year ago. Um, and yeah, so he has taught me to really celebrate the little wins and to, um, really embrace those moments for what they are, because it's all gifts and, uh, and I don't want to miss it. Yeah. And it's all about perspective. It's about how we look at things and the lens that we see, just as you were talking about earlier, the lens that people see our children through, it's the same for us, the lens that we are viewing our children through. And we do get to celebrate those, those things that other people would so take for granted. I remember, I remember my son being five years old and taking his first few steps on his own. And I will Mm. never forget that moment, you know, where most kids at that point were running and, you know, doing all kinds of things for years. Those first little tentative steps that he took were like so glorious for my husband and myself. And Mm. so I know so often people and our family, they just don't know how to come alongside our families. They're just not sure how to help us, especially Mm. I think in those early years. family and friends are really not sure what do we do. And so often, you know, quite honestly, they, instead of coming alongside us, sometimes they walk away, which is heartbreaking Mm -hmm. for so many of us. But how have you seen people in your life rally behind your family, come alongside and truly be a help to you? What's been some of the things that you've experienced in your journey? Oh, absolutely. I have some, some really big wins from people in my life um and some really you know what would be seem small um but are giant to my family um the first thing that comes to mind is um when we decided that valor would benefit from a service dog um pretty early on we said you know this is something that we think would be super beneficial for him we want to pursue this and i think we um we were accepted into that program that's going to be training and providing his service dog in uh, August of 2020, I want to say. And we raised the funds for that dog in a month and a half. Um, everyone around us said, yes, this is something we can do. This is something we can help with. This is something we can rally around. And they really stood behind us. And that included our church family. Mm. Um, and speaking of church, my dear friend, uh, her name is Crystal. She is the children's ministry director at our local church. Um, and we have been friends for years and years and have served together in ministry. Um, and when Valor was diagnosed, it was also the first time that she had really encountered autism. Um, I think she had a couple of friends in her life that had had autistic children, but we know you know, that sometimes that can be isolating. And so I don't know that those, um, those people ended up staying, you know, at, at our church or staying involved in, you know, the community outings and stuff like that. And so this was her, her first time to really, um, embrace that. And she had, you know, come on as children's ministry director a few years earlier, and she jumped in and said, what do we need to do to make sure that Valor can come to church on Sundays? Mm. I've noticed that church is hard for you guys. 
What do we need to do to make sure that you're here? We want you here. We're excited for you to be here. You're a part of our church. You're a part of our family. What do we need to do? Let us help. And so within a few months, I want to say, they had opened up a classroom and made it a sensory room. She went through my Amazon list of sensory toys that I wanted for Valor and bought them all and put them into the church. Um, I said, you know, I really want Valor included because he's young and he's little and he needs his friends. He doesn't have any siblings. We don't have cousins here locally. Um, And so she said, great, let's get him a one-on-one and you can train them. That one-on-one has learned his AAC device and is consistent every Sunday with him. So it's not new people every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that ministry and through Valor being the guinea pig, quote unquote, yeah. um, I think there's like four or five oh, other wow. children that are now attending wow. church that were not attending regularly um, because they now have their own one-on-ones and they are in the sensory room. And um, so that's two major ways. And mm-hmm. and I know in the minor ways um, that are very huge to me, um, I just had a friend who invited us to be a part of their like homeschool group uh, for outings and things like that. Valor is not homeschooled, um, (laughs) but we're part of the group because she said, I want my children to know how to interact with children like Valor. Would you please come and be a part of this so we can learn together? I know you're learning. Would you come and, you know, let us learn with you? And that was huge because I don't, I don't know half the things I should, you know, about autism or about the um, autistic community and I want to learn and I want to grow, but we are so fresh on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have people saying, Hey, I want to learn with you. Beautiful. I could cry right now because yeah. it just tells me that you love my child mm-hmm. and, and you love him enough to learn. Yeah. And when somebody loves our kids, that's loving us over and over and over again, you know, because we just want people to see our kids the way we do and to accept Mm. them for the way God created them. So what a beautiful gift for you and your husband for the support and the people who've come alongside and uh, walked, walked along with you and wanting to learn Mm. with you. That is, that is a beautiful thing. Now, I know one of the things that you shared with me uh, in some of the, the information before we started the podcast was that you wrote something, you said, you know, as a special needs mom, it often feels like Valor's future depends on me finding the right therapies, advocating for acceptance and understanding, and fighting for a spot in the best inclusive schools, et cetera. When in reality, I am the witness, not the source. And I thought that was beautiful. Share what you mean by that. Yeah, I remember reading um, some poetry by Katie M. Blackburn. Um, probably a year or so ago. And, and she mentioned, you know, a similar idea of just, you know, every good and perfect gift is from above. Mm -hmm. And, and it says that in James, I believe. Um, and so everything good in Valor's life, everything good in my life, all the progress that he makes, all the wins, all the things that I'm so proud of, those are only from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I have the freedom to just witness what the Lord is doing in his life and mm-hmm. how good the Lord is to my son um, because he alone is the source of everything good in his life. And so, you know, we, we often joke in my family um, and with my friends that my love language is research. And so funny. There's- <laughs> that would not be my love language. That would be yes. the 
bottom yeah. of the list. Yeah. It must be the, you know, administrative side of me, but yes. um, I, I work in administration. That's why I say that. But, um, you know, my love languages is research. And so if there's a problem or there's, um, something that we're facing, my first instinct is, you know, to chat with Google all day long yes. and figure out and wrap my head around it. What Dr. are the next Google. steps? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so, um, you know, when we were talking earlier about, you know, his diagnosis state, that's why it wasn't as devastating because at that point I had been researching for six mm -hmm. months. Like yeah. I knew what the next step was. And I actually had Valor's, um, insurance paperwork filled out before we even went to that appointment mm -hmm. because I knew that that was the next step. So, so that's my love language. And when it comes to truly trust, trusting the Lord with my child, my heart outside of my body, um, you know, the research doesn't really come in handy, does it? No. Because then it's yeah. so easy for me to rely on that as the source. Like, well, of course, Valor's progressing. I got him into the best speech therapy. Mm. Of course, Valor's progressing. You know, we started occupational therapy when he was a year and a half. Like, of course, these good things yeah. are happening. It's very for him. prideful, self pride, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's so, um, it's so freeing to recognize that, yes, of course, I need to be a good mother to my son and I need to find resources for mm -hmm. him. And, you know, of course I need to dig in, but how those things pan out and what the impact is of those efforts, that's the Lord's. Yeah. And so I just get the joy of witnessing and I don't need to should myself to death. Mm -hmm. You know, I should be doing this and I should be reaching out to this person. I should be talking to them about this when it comes to valor. I don't need to should myself to death. Like mm -hmm. I know that the Lord has my son and mm -hmm. I have the freedom to witness the Lord's work in his life mm -hmm. instead of pushing for the good things yeah. that I feel are best for him. Yeah. And it's exhausting. I will tell you, I had many years as being in that, that rush of, I've got to figure this out and I've got to, I've got to line up these therapies and I've got to do all of these things. And then when, when I came to that place of God, you're, I need you to orchestrate all this. I need you to line up what is best because ultimately God knows which therapists are best for our kids, which teachers are best for our kids, what schools are best for our kids, way better than we could ever mm -hmm. figure out on our own. He knows. And it's very, I don't think people understand that when we try to control, it's exhausting, but there's great freedom when we can relinquish that. And so where have you seen in his life where have you seen God show up as the source for all things that you needed for your son? Mm, oh my goodness. Every minute of every day, mm, yeah. <laughs> um, especially in these early days, you know, I listen to this podcast and I, you know, I reach out to other moms and have these great resources of women who are just a little further down the road than I mm. am. And that has been invaluable um, yeah. perspective wise, but in that, um, you know, it makes me realize how little I do know and how little <laughs> and how much I have to learn in this journey. And so I feel like the Lord has guided every step over the mm -hmm. past two years, because if it had been by my own efforts, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I should admit that, but I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. No, we, we, we don't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing either. We just, you know, we, that's God. why God, we have God leading us. That's right. 
And so I think too about, you know, all the people that God has brought into Valor's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have his speech therapist who he's had since day one of early intervention before he was even diagnosed. And she, you know, I, I kind of, um, when we first knew we needed to get him into speech therapy, you know, I kind of went back and forth with her, like, well, we only have available on Mondays. So if that doesn't work, we're going to have to like find someone else. Right. And that was my big stance. And if she listens to this, she'll, she'll be laughing because she wrote me back and said, well, that's wonderful, but I have a full schedule. Like you are not (laughs) the only client that we're going to see, you know? And, and so we kind of went back and forth. And, um, and I adjusted, of course, um, she was the best in town. So I adjusted and she has become one of my dearest friends, one of Valor's largest supporters Mm -hmm. and cheerleaders. She's one of his emergency contacts, you know? And so the Lord ushered in that relationship exactly Mm -hmm. when I needed it. And little did I know when we started with her, but she is a worship leader at one of our neighboring churches. So her and I had that connection she has connected me to other mothers in the community here locally. She has brought me to local conferences, you know, for, for mothers of, with children with special needs. And that was huge, you know, where I thought, you know, well, we're certainly not going to disrupt Valor's schedule. So <laughs> of course we'll not. just have to find someone else, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and she was exactly what we needed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, things, things with his insurance that was another one where I saw the Lord show up in a huge way. I didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, we were told, you know, get your insurance stuff in because it, it could take up to like a year and a half, you know, for you to get through the approval process. Wow. And yeah. he was approved in 29 days. Mm. So that was the Lord yeah. and he was approved in 29 days and he was set to start ABA like a week later. So that was totally the Lord mm. setting that up, yeah. um, perfectly. And then I see miracles. I see true miracles in Valor's life. Like I, like we were talking about earlier that I would have just been blind to, Mm -hmm. I would have taken them for granted. Um, specifically in his words, um, Mm -hmm. I prayed and prayed to hear that little boy's voice. And I will never forget, you know, the day we were just sitting on the couch, he was playing, a game called peekaboo barn where it goes through all the animals, you know, and before the game could label the animal, all of a sudden there he was saying pig, horse, goat, you know, and I was bawling because I had been told like, he may not, who knows, you know, he may, he's little, so who Mm -hmm. knows, but he may not, you know, at this point, he's not saying a single word. He may not. And, and here he is, you know? And so that was a miracle that I would have missed. Um, and then I also see it through Valor's relationship with the Lord. Um, I remember that same speech therapist that I was just talking to you about. This will show you how important she's been. very impactful in your life. Yes. But she, um, I remember calling her one day crying because it hit me out of the blue. Lord, how how do I teach the gospel Mm. to a child that doesn't speak Mm -hmm. to a child that I don't know understands me? How do I teach such an abstract concept to my child? Mm -hmm. And and what does that mean for eternity? Once again, feeling like it all was on me. Depended on Um, you. Yeah. 
And I remember her telling me, well, he's really good at music. Why don't you start with worship? See if worship can speak to his heart. See if, see if that's the key. And so we did, we turned off everything except worship and we played it constantly and at every opportunity and Valor now will sing, you know, Mm -hmm. not with every word, but I will pick up that he's singing these worship songs that hold eternal truths. And so I know that those truths are written on his heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember in just seeking the Lord through that question, I, I remember him speaking to me and saying that, I have created Valor's mind and I will speak to the soul and the heart and the mind that I created and that I formed perfectly. And so don't forget that my fingerprints are on his heart. Mm -hmm. They're already there. And it's my job to speak to his heart in the way that I have created him to interact with me. Um, So once again, just that freedom Mm and recognizing that, you know, even down to valor's salvation Mm -hmm. i am the witness to that relationship between him and the lord i am not the source yeah yeah well i know you and i are both um, big believers in protecting our peace like finding Mm. our peace and protecting our peace because as any special needs parent who's listening to this right now knows there is enough chaos in our life plus all the chaos in the world to keep our heads swirling all the time. And if I am not very intentional about protecting my peace, um, then my, it, it's not, it goes bad really quickly. And so, you know, my, my husband and I would say, my late husband and I would say, we protect our nest and our nest is our home. And it would be, you know, John, Alex and Jeff and myself, and we would protect our nest. And we did not want to let stress and trauma and drama in and in and out. We protected our family from that. And so what are some ways that you have found to protect your nest? And what are some ways that you have found to find that peace and keep that peace? Mm, I love talking about protecting peace. Um, That's definitely something that we have had to learn very quickly because we don't have a ton of, um, you know, resources here. We don't have family close by. And so, um, finding ways to keep our home in a state of peace is crucial um, just for survival around mm-hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I, if I feel like, you know, everything's going crazy and there's chaos and I'm freaking out and I'm losing it too, I can't just call grandma, you know, to come watch Valor for 10 mm-hmm. minutes so I can go cool down. So we've had to find ways um, to build in those escape routes when things are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, some practical ways for us has been, um, I know for, you know, for Kevin, he knows how much I love to be outside. Outdoors has always been a thing for me. I love being in the sunshine. I love the fresh air. And when you have a child who elopes, Mm. um, outside becomes very scary um, and very difficult. And when you have a child that doesn't understand danger, um, getting out can be very hard. Um, even just to target, you know, we can't Mm -hmm. do that as easily as we used to, if at all, sometimes. Um, and so Kevin, sweet man that he is decided he was going to put a fence around our backyard. Um, we hadn't done that yet. It was a, you know, we're a young family. So we had just bought our first home and we hadn't tackled that project yet. And 
he saw that I was getting tense. It was the start of the pandemic. We were home all the time. Yes. I'm working. He's yeah. working. You know, it's a lot of things all at once. And so he fenced in our backyard and said, mm. nope, we're going to create a safe space yeah. for you to set Valor free <laughs> and take five minutes on the porch mm -hmm. while you're still watching him, but you can reset, right? Yeah. So that was huge. And we invested in some outdoor furniture to make sure that it was comfortable and truly peaceful back mm -hmm. there. You know, another thing is learning about my child. I needed to learn what brings Valor peace mm -hmm. and what calms him down when things are overwhelming and difficult, which they often were in those early days before we understood what was triggering to him. We didn't know how to prevent it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so things would escalate for Valor and we learned really quickly. Okay. A lot of the things that bring me comfort, bring him comfort. So he loves music and he loves being outside just like I do. So he has learned these three worship songs. He knows them like the back of his hand. If I pause it before it ends, it's upsetting. Like he wants to hear the whole thing because he mm. knows the progression and it's right. predictable and expected for him. And so if I need four minutes of calm, I know to turn on that mm. song yeah. and I will have four minutes of him listening intently and really focusing on every note and every word and every instrument. And so he is so focused and it calms him down because it's really regulating because he knows exactly what to expect. And I have four minutes of peace yeah. <laughs> to calm yeah. down and reset and say, okay, Lord, that was a good one. Let's yeah. <laughs> please restore, you know, our day here. So, um, so that's been good. And then we invested in, um, a jogging stroller, one that holds, you know, larger children mm -hmm. because, um, I was really into running before I had valor. I found out I was pregnant uh, like two days after running the Myrtle Beach Marathon. <laughs> so, um, so that was another lifetime ago, but I still love that. That's still mm -hmm. a hobby of mine. And so in order to keep that peace in our yeah. home and make sure that I'm taking care of myself, that I'm, you know, having that time to myself, I'll just pack Valor up in the running stroller and take him with take me. Take off, yeah. And he loves it. He loves the movement. He loves the wind. He loves the mm. sun. So trying to really hone in on not just what brings me peace, mm -hmm. but what brings my whole family peace Yes, and embracing that has been huge because yeah. as moms, we set the tone most yeah, of the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that kind of segues right into our, my last question for you, which is, you know, this is our year of restoration at rising above. And so we're looking at ways that we can allow God to restore our souls. And so what are you doing right now that's bringing restoration into your life? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, you know, when I think about restoration, I am so thankful that God is a God of abundant life. I feel like, you know, with restoration, it's, it's things that maybe have been taken away, things we're grieving, things are, that have been broken and hard that the Lord is building back but he always builds it better than he found it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, when we were chatting offline earlier, just about restoration, it, you know, in preparing for this, I was really thinking, okay, Lord, what have you built back 10 times better than it was two years ago before we started out on this journey? What is 10 times better now? And there are, you know, quite a few things I could list, but I think my number one would be 
my family life, my home life, my husband and I's relationship, my relationship with my son. Um, I was grieving. I remember at the start of this thinking, like we were saying, how, how am I going to get to know my son? If he doesn't have words, how am I going to know what his favorite color is? If he Mm -hmm. can't tell me, you know, things like that were really distressing to me. Um, and Valor hadn't had any services, you know, we hadn't learned much yet about autism. And so it was frustrating for him navigating the world with a family that didn't fully understand him yet. Mm-hmm. And so looking back on that season, that was really hard and needed because that's how you learn, you know, but I look now at our family and I, I have never, I could have never pictured the relationship I have now with my husband and with Valor mm-hmm. and with the Lord. I think you know, when, when you're hit with that grief and you're hit with those hard seasons, um, a lot of that was turned to God, you know, like, why, why is it my kid? Like, mm-hmm. really? You had right. to pick my son? Like, right. and there's anger there to be completely honest. Um, there's anger there Absolutely. with the Lord yeah. and, and in seeing his perfect hand molding Valor's life in seeing the miracles that we've talked about and seeing my church transform in front of my eyes into mm-hmm. an inclusive community in seeing my husband more compassionate than I've ever seen him in my life. Yeah. The Lord has restored it tenfold. Mm. This is why, this yeah. is why I'm so sorry that this was painful for you, but this is why. Yeah. And that's really where I see the Lord restoring us is, is in that family relationship. That's beautiful. Well, Madison, thank you so much for sharing part of your story. And as you continue down the journey, we'll have to bring you back at different seasons in your, in your journey and share, share new <laughs> stories. Cause you know, you're, you are fairly new on this journey and, but mm-hmm. I, I love that you have already come to a place of um, seeing that, what you've already learned that God is your source and about trying to relinquish things to him and your journey is going to go much smoother because you've already learned those hard lessons. So thank you um, for sharing your heart and sharing part of your story with us. Thanks so much, Becky. It's been so great chatting with you. Thank you for listening to the rising above ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.